So we don't have the people coming in, dropping their promo posts and booting it. It's a, you're only gonna get as much out of this group as you put into it. So we'll have a ton of people who are, um, get great sales and stuff from it, but they're active in it. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with David Louch and Jason Hunt. Our mission with this show is to discuss all things business, digital marketing, sales, and mindset. It's our hope to empower entrepreneurs to get the most from their efforts so that they can focus on what they do best. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Merge Marketing Podcast. My name is David, co-host and producer, along with my partner, Jason Hunt. Today, we've got another great episode lined up for you featuring Beth Marchant, CEO and lead brand designer at The Marchant Co. With a long history in graphic design and small business branding, Beth has developed a solid love of watching brands market their business through well-rounded strategies and social communities. She is certified in social media marketing through the Interactive Advertising Bureau of Canada and holds a high honors diploma in visual merchandising arts from Sheridan College. She loves webinars and online courses and knows it would be naive to think she knows enough about anything to stop learning. She lives for the work from home life and thoroughly enjoys the multitasking of freelance work and family with her partner and children. Beth, welcome to our show today. Thank you for having me. Definitely happy to uh, to be here. Uh, there's a lot, obviously, I mean, everybody's working from home right now, so I feel like that's no longer like, no longer a thing. It used to be like, a, oh, I run everything out of my my house and people were all like really and it was a big thing now everybody's doing it so it's not really that's probably got to come out of the bio <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough it's not so uh it's not so abnormal anymore like you said no not at all but uh that is, that is great so i guess um how we like to usually start things um is just getting you to share a little bit about yourself personally so i guess your your origin story where you came from how you got started that sort of thing yeah, so I originally didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was working retail and decided, well, I guess I could maybe make retail plans for where to put clothing. So I went to school for merchandising. And then through that, I mean, I was taking graphic design courses in college as well. And I very quickly realized I did not want to work in retail. Uh, so. I did some graphic design for a company mainly doing like events and like event decor and marketing for that. Um, and it was like kind of soulless. It was all for really big oil companies and banks and they'd spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on decor for one night, and throw it all out. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there's not very, you don't feel very purpose driven doing that. Cause you're like, look at this beautiful thing I spent four hours making and I'm going to throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Like it, just it just wasn't working um so i ended up taking like i started freelancing then so i was always working a full-time job and then freelancing on the side and then after i had my son i went to work for a marketing company where we were working with a lot more small business owners and for me that was like i was like oh this is what i have to be doing forever because this is just meeting them when they're like, they come in and they're like, I have an idea and I have a very small budget, but I have these very big ideas and somehow make this happen. 
And so for me, like the challenge was really nice. It was nice to be able to like see them do something and actually really value what you make and value the way that it's going to help their, them grow their business. So as I was doing that, um, I actually met uh, some of the other admins that are in our group. Um, the group had already existed and there was like maybe 30, 40 people. Um, and it was just people, we were just bouncing ideas off each other. So we had kind of started by just going, we don't really know what we're doing. We're all just kind of winging it. And just having that little group of other business owners who are all in the same boat made such a huge difference. So eventually I got enough freelance work and then I asked to take March break off with my kids and my boss said no. So I quit. Oh, wow. I quit very respect, respectfully. Yeah. She's, she's absolutely wonderful. And I send everyone there for printing. Yeah. Um, but it was just one of those things that I was like, what am I doing this for? I'm like, I, I'm working so I can pay daycare. And so I can just like, it, there was no bad. I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so I, I finally took that leap and that would have been maybe three years ago now. In three. So, so I've been on my own for three years now. So you, so by, by breaking away, it gave you that sort of freedom. And, and I mean, it gives you sort of empathy with the clients that you're working with because you understand, you know, the trials and tribulations and challenges that yeah. it faces most people going from that nine to five job and making that massive leap over oh, it's to entrepreneurship. Scary. It's scary stuff, right? But uh, I guess my question is this, because it sounds like you have a really inherited, genuine passion for working with small business owners. And and maybe you can elaborate a little more on that. Is it, does, it have, does it have anything to do with your previous experience and, and your journey of getting to where you are? And is that is that why you like working with those small business owners? Yeah. Heck yeah. So I, um, I mean, like even further backstory, I had my daughter at 17 and then moved out on my own and put myself through college. My family's very, very helpful too, but they're also all entrepreneurs. My dad has always owned a business. My brother owns a big construction business. Um, we're like, we're always working. We're always, if you don't have at least in my family, if you don't have at least two jobs or a, a job and a hobby job, people are like, well, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> so <laughs> for me, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is just what, this is just what we do. It's just, yeah. It's just what we do. So as I was building my business and building the plans in, I would think like, okay, well, what's going to help my photographer friend grow her business? Like what services does she need or what services does my brother need when he's trying to, you know, hire more contractors and be able to market that in a smaller community. So it was everything that I kind of built was built off the wall. This is how we do it. We, we work lots of jobs. We have, multi-businesses and if you don't have a business you at least you sorry words you at least have stake in a business yeah. so it just kind of all fit together with that like we're growing them because that's just what we do it's definitely i think it's definitely a, a kind of a a different breed that requires a different type of understanding, especially when your spouse, your spouses need to have an understanding of it as well. Oh, 100%. Touching on personal experience, my if my wife wasn't as you know, forgiving or understanding in the long hours that I need to work or the grind, um, you know, we might have a difficult time maintaining a healthy relationship because I mean, um, I'm fortunate. Her mother was an entrepreneur for 30, 40 years in the travel business. Yeah. She grew up knowing that, you know, her mom's not always going to be home for dinner and she was able to accept that. So for me, it's okay. I have that longer leash to work those longer hours and not be at home at, at you know, five. Yeah. Hours, you know? Well, 
I do think there's a difference too for, um, I mean, I'm not going to dive all the way into it, but it's a lot easier um, to see that from a man perspective, as far as like, I mean, I'm, I have a wonderful partner now and it's, it's been a while, but it, it took a while to get to the point where I didn't have that fear of saying, oh, I'm going to just work my ass off and that has to be okay. And if you don't like it, then fuck off. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> For me, it was, when, especially when I was dating, that was a very, like I'd meet somebody who'd be like, oh, well, so like you stay home with your kids. I'm like, no, I run a business. My kids just happen to be here after school. Like my kids go to school, they do their own thing, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm still running a business and that's what I do for a living. I'm not at home as a mom for a living. And then I just run a hobby business. I run an actual business. Mm. So I think, um, and I, you'll, you'll find when you talk to a lot of um, women entrepreneurs that comes across too, where they're like, Oh, I run a little hobby business from home with my kids and they're actually running really big businesses. Yeah. But the reality is, is they, they lump in the fact that they're like, especially now with COVID where we're all doing all of the things you have so many more women at home who are trying to run their businesses while raising their children, while keeping their house going. And we kind of get lumped into this whole idea of that. We're going to downplay what we do and downplay our success just because we're at home and just because we're doing all of the things, but nobody would ever like, and correct me if I'm wrong, nobody will ask you, well, what are your kids doing while you're at work? They just assume somebody else is dealing with it. So for me, I mean, I am the one dealing with it. I, my partner works full nine to five somewhere else, but yeah, I mean, you have to have somebody willing to say, yeah, you go ahead and work. So now if I come home and I'm like, or I am at home, it's not come home. We're not going to an office, but um, at the end of the day, I'll say, you know what? I, I need another four hours of work. I'm going to lock myself in my office and like, I'm going to need you to put the kids to bed and, and, and help with that. Cause I have to go work. <laughs> so, yeah. sorry, go, go ahead. I was going to say, no, 100%. And, and it's funny trying to find um, that certain balance. We we're having a laugh in the office earlier today because I actually provide my wife a link to my Calendly. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yo, you want you want me to for something? If the kids are graduating preschool, cool. Just book a time in my calendar. I'll be there no matter what. Family yeah. first, family first. But I still am a slave to my schedule and that has to be in my schedule. Absolutely. And I found even that was a big thing for me as well when I was scheduling more in-person appointments and even now with calls. Um, I had everything linked through my calendar. So my calendars were all connected. So if I had the kids calendar, the family stuff, everything in there, it was only leaving the slots open that I actually had time to do things because you can't like if it's not, especially now, time management is like pivotal. Like it's just the most important thing in the world because how else do we get anything done? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so far, this has been a great conversation. And I mean, we could definitely dive into all things uh, relationship. No, because really, like, I, uh, I agree, like, with everything that's been said, I'm not married yet, but I am in a relationship. And one thing that I've found to be difficult is, uh, is communicating that, um, you know, I need to work longer and harder and, and just different than the yeah. average 
person and, and, you know, having a partner that doesn't come from an entrepreneurial background, like I do, um, it, it can be difficult and I've struggled to communicate it. And, um, but anyways, we're getting better and, and maybe that's, maybe that's a, a topic for next time. But, uh, today we're going to be uh, talking about Facebook groups, as Jason mentioned earlier, um, and how you can leverage those to grow your business. Uh, it is something that Beth has done very, very successfully with a small business group that she has here, right here in Southern Ontario. So Beth, if you want to maybe, um, dive into, to that a little bit, so the group Absolutely. name is small business owners of Southern Ontario, maybe how you inherited or started that group um, and just what it's all about for the high level uh, small business owners of, of Southern Ontario. Perfect. So I inherited the group about three years ago. Um, the girl who had originally started at Corey, she was doing a bunch of other different things and it wasn't really supporting her business. She was like, I like being part of it. I like being in it, but she wasn't targeting business owners and she wasn't like her services weren't for business owners. So she was like, this is a lot of work and I'm not really getting any benefit from it. So at that point we kind of took it over and I've had the same three, I have three admins that help me regularly. Um, and they all own their own businesses as well. Um, and the big thing for that was it's kind of the same group of women adminning it since the beginning. So we've always had like, you know, we'll go for dinner and sit down and be like, okay, well, what do we want out of this group? What do we want to adjust? We'll do polls to see what the members want. And it's, it's kind of grad, like, I mean, it's definitely grown when we completely took it over the three years ago, we had got, it was up to like 600 members. It's now at 4,600. Mm. So, I mean, it's grown a lot in yeah. those few years. Yeah. Um, but one thing we've always done and like, and I swear this is the most important thing. We don't allow self-promotion. So we don't have the people coming in, dropping their promo posts and booting it. It's a, you're only going to get as much out of this group as you put into it. So we'll have a ton of people who are, um, get great sales and stuff from it, but they're active in it. And they're, they're, you know, marketing professionals, um, or accountants or whatever, but they're full of information. So if somebody says, okay, guys, I'm really stuck on, you know, click funnels and sales funnels, and I don't know how to do any of this. There's lots of people in the group who are active who will say, okay, well, here's what I did, or here's, here's what my business does. And here's how we could help. And if you want to jump on a call, I'm happy to walk you through it. And so because there's a lot of people willing to give, like not give everything away for free, but they give away a lot of information that at least helps people get started it kind of gives them the intro that they need to actually make a personal connection. So it's a little bit different than a networking community because with like a networking event, you're going around, you're saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, this is what I do, but you don't actually get a chance to like show your expertise in the moment on whatever they're struggling with. Whereas with a Facebook group like ours, you can kind of cover that kind of thing because they're asking questions. And that was the purpose of the group was a support group for all of us who had literally, like I started my business three years ago. So I took it over right as I was starting. Mm -hmm. So I literally had a post at one point where I was like, holy shit guys, I don't know how to pay my taxes. How do I like, and it literally was like, yeah. I don't know where to start. So yeah. you find the connections that way. And I found that as I was building the group, it was, and I mean, throughout building it, I'm always rebounding the ideas and stuff off of our admins and our members and stuff. But a big part of it was, well, like, I'm building my business at the same time. So what do I want out of a group? Yeah. 
I don't want to go on and find and have to filter through 200 ads a day to find one question about accounting. Yeah. So it was really valuable to build it that way. Yeah. Naturally, uh, you know, I find it, the way you've run that group and majority of the content in your group populates my newsfeed first and, and you've developed it and managed it in a way that feeds the algorithm in a positive way where that, content usually pops near the top. The groups that you're talking about there where it's just fluttered with advertising posts, yeah. well, Facebook knows people don't engage in that content and they're not going to show it to a lot of people. If I go through all the groups that I follow and I go to the bottom of the list, like these are groups that probably are posting every day, but yeah. I'm just not engaging on the content. So Facebook's yeah. not showing it to me. Well, cause it doesn't have any value to you. Like if I find we'll do some posts, we do like a market Monday thing and we let you, you know, spam that one post full of everything that you do because there are people who will flip through it and say you know what i didn't even know that that's what that person did by doing that you're telling facebook to you're asking people to engage on it and of course everyone's going to engage and talk about their business which is going to pop through to the top of the feed of course and the best part is is we do i mean we do different themes every day so we'll do um i mean tuesdays we sometimes do takeovers if there's a business owner who's like listen i want to share my business with the group um, we'll allow them to do a takeover, but like you have to have something valuable. It can't just be a spend all day telling us, showing us your shirts that you sell. It's more about, we want to hear your journey, how you got there, what you had to do to get there. Um, more of like the actual process of like how you got your business. Yes. Huge bonus. If your business supports other businesses, cause then there there's that value. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything that we post every day that we have a, like a prompt, it's always based on, okay, well, um, now that the school's coming, like coming back, how is that affecting your business? Because a lot of the majority, I mean, especially right now with COVID, the majority of business owners in there are either working from home with kids or they're trying to get ready to send their kids. And I mean, we're all just kind of, or their business has been suffering from COVID, which is a whole other thing as well. So we'll post, well, what are you doing now that it's back to school? How is this changing your day-to-day thing? And you'll find there's a bunch of people going, okay, well, I've decided I'm sending my kid back to school, but I need masks or I need mask clips. And then there's three or four business owners that go, oh, I have those. I sell those. Here's, here's what I have. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really at the core of it. It's all about just connecting um, our members together and figuring out what they actually need and how they can promote themselves without being like salesy. Cause I mean, nobody wants to hang out in a place where everybody's just like, do you want to buy this from me? Yeah. We just, we're not wired for that. We want the actual connection. Yeah. I love what you're saying so far. And I mean, it's, it's, what I believe in. And we've talked a lot about this in the past on the show. Um, I know like, for example, I'm involved in BNI and we've had a few people from BNI on the, on the podcast and, and that's what that's all about. I mean, it's not a, it's not a Facebook group. It's a, it's an in-person group, but it's really about bringing value uh, first. And then through that, the the sales will come and and the relationships will come. And and that's what, uh, that's what you've done with your Facebook group, which is really amazing. So Beth, over the next few questions, what, what I want you to keep in mind is we're we're going to try and speak to the person that is potentially listening to this or watching this right now doesn't have a facebook group started but is thinking about it because what we've said a lot of times in the past and jason just mentioned uh not too long ago is that facebook prioritizes group content more so than anything else um it's been that way for 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 a little bit now and it's probably going to continue to be that way um so for that person that is thinking about starting a facebook group what should 
they be thinking about before they actually create that group? So before they actually create it, I would really, really worry about like, for one, who are you talking to? Cause I mean, we say that like the whole target market thing is like a huge thing in branding as well, but the amount of small business owners that I have who are like, well, I want to talk to everybody. Yeah. You don't want to talk to everybody because everybody's not buying your thing. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> for me, I mean, I started with, okay, well, I know we want to get small business owners. We want to do this, but if you've really focused down on like what, that target is actually there for? Are they there for, you know, um, easy travel plans? Are they there because they want someone to actually do the planning for them? Or are they there because they want to do the planning themselves and they're not sure how to start? Like hmm. being able to kind of narrow it down to how you're going to provide and like what you're going to provide to them is is huge. Like, if, is it there for, you know, your members to share pictures of their vacation? Like, I mean, it, it all depends. If you're talking, um, well, for small business group, I mean, we're trying to connect other business owners together to see who can support each other with, you know, different aspects of their business, whether it's services that they need or whatever. But the main point is to connect the members, whereas there's lots of business groups and lots of groups in general that work really well because they're still connecting members, but they're connecting based off of more um like actionable things where it's like, okay, I, as a business, I'm going to provide my group this exclusive content. Right. So it's a very different thing. If you're building a group to be able to say, okay, we're going to run um, specific training or um, I'm going to do is I'm going to talk every Wednesday only to this specific exclusive group. Um, there's a lot of groups with units where they'll say, okay, we're going to go through this curriculum and we're going to train you how to do this. And it's, becomes more of an online learning platform. Mm -hmm. uh, both of those, I mean, there's so many different ways to utilize the Facebook group function, mm -hmm. but I find if you know how you're utilizing it before, I mean, it makes a world of difference when you're actually setting it up setting wise. Um, we've had to do a lot of changing with the way we set ours up because I mean, it just kind of naturally grew and we were like, blah, and now there's thousands of people and I don't know what to do with them all. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you can think about that beforehand, so you're kind of planning this group ideally is going to grow and how am I going to, what am I going to do with it? Are you going to try and monetize it? Um, like that's, that's a whole thing too. There's lots of groups that are put out initially as like an exclusive VIP club, but they don't cost any money. And then at some point the group flips over and then it's monetized. So you have to pay to stay being a member of it. Mm -hmm. But by then you've already realized the content is good. So you're willing to pay the subscription. So, I mean, it really depends on what they're using it for. But those are all kind of things they have to think of. And so on that point, does it make sense to go super niche or stay a little bit more broad? So like, for example, a Facebook group on Facebook ads specifically, how to do Facebook ads yeah. or uh, a Facebook group on social media marketing as a whole, which would include all of the platforms. Because the way I see it for your group, it, it's a little bit of both. It's uh, it it's super yeah. it's super niche, small business owners, but it's also kind of broad because I have mean, all kinds of problems. Yeah. <laughs> so what what are your thoughts there? I guess it, so depends I think on it, it depends on how much content and how much info you have. Like if we're thinking about I like to keep like the people you're marketing to fairly niched because I mean, at the end of the day, not everybody is is your market, but you can also still I don't want to say like sell to them in a different way, but, but kind of like if you have a niche target market, but your topic is 
all social media advertising, you're going to find that the, your target market, like if I had a advertising or marketing group, I would have all kinds, I'd still market to small business owners, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're going to have a question about Facebook ads, but that's going to also turn into an Instagram ad question, which is going to turn into how do I monetize Pinterest, which is going to turn like, so they're all close enough connected that while you still have, you still need the answers for those specific things you kind of need to include enough of a broad area that if somebody says, oh, well, I know this is a Facebook ads group, but I'm stuck on Instagram. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, you're not going to tell the person, sorry, this is the wrong group for you. You're going to ideally try and still solve that problem. So I think if you can keep the topic kind of broad and then the market niched, I mean, I find that works well, but it, it really it depends on your members. You might find you have to add more content and more topics as it goes because everyone has the same problem. Right. I, I found a, I'm actually part of a, um, an exclusive Facebook group that I pay a monthly fee for. Yeah. And they did it, this company did it in a very interesting way because they have the massive free group, which has mm -hmm. tens of thousands of members, but then yeah. they have the upsell. They use that group to upsell the, what's called the premium. And okay. that would be a monthly fee, which does include the units and you can do a course yeah. and stuff like that. Super effective. I, I think what you're, once you learn and, and know how to navigate the Facebook group space is totally a great opportunity there to really monetize it. So with this next question, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, monetizing. Are you monetizing that group right now as it exists or uh, and, and if not, what are some opportunities for you? Yeah. So I actually had, um, not this a few years ago, I sat down with a business coach and we were kind of looking at that and she kept going, you have to monetize it. You got to make money off of it. It's like, it's not doing anything if you're not making money off of it. But for me, and I mean, I, I kind of am or kind of was, I mean, I'm booked now. So I referring everything to other people, but I mean, I was when I started it and when I was actively working in it, it was like, I'm the first person recommended for all of the things that I do. So because I'm active in the group, because I'm running the group, when somebody goes, ah, I need a graphic designer, it's, it was a no brainer. Like I'd get enough, more than enough work coming in from it. So I didn't, haven't had to market myself in a very long time. So <laughs> that being said, I mean, it was monetized a little bit in the sense of like, it gave me all my referrals, um, but it doesn't actually bring me a paycheck by any stretch nor do I really want it to. So like I looked at the monetizing purpose of whether we build, you know, a fee to be in the group or anything like that, but that kind of defeated the purpose and the passion of it for me. Cause for me, it was when we started, it was, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out how to run my business. I have no money because I just quit my job so I could start a business. <laughs> so like the idea of going to join a paid group when I like, to me, that just was like, it's one more obstacle for a small business owner who's literally trying to claw their way onto their feet. So I couldn't bring myself to monetize it for that reason. And there's been a few offers in the past of like, well, what if you had a paid directory or what if you had a paid blog or for me, like the whole purpose of the group and for our admins, it's all about just having the community of people. And I mean, there is obviously the opportunity to do like an exclusive premium group at some point. But right now, I mean, I just, I love the fact that there's like 4,600 people who are just like happy to be there to like soak up all the knowledge. Um, and they're really appreciative of all of the knowledge. Like the amount of messages we get going like, this is, you know, I'm really happy to be part of this group. I didn't know there was 
that kind of support out there, like it's, it's very friendly and I kind of like keeping it that way. And I feel like it stays that way mostly because I'm not like, and I'll take your money now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very, it's actually quite honorable to be honest, because that route that you're going being like, you don't want to just try to stick people for more money by charging a, you know, a membership fee, yeah. um, but there are opportunities and I bet people would pay you if they said, Hey Beth, um, I'd love to have a post go out. That's just promoting my business and pin to the feed yeah. for a week and I'll pay you X. Oh, yeah. It's not that intrusive, but it's no, it's not. Monetize it, right. Yeah, there's there's lots of different ways. I mean, there's so many ways to do it in knowing just like the way that our, our ad, well, right now we're all just swamped. But I mean, once we're all not swamped, um, that's definitely something to look at. But yeah, it's just a matter of like, it's such a big, I mean, switching from a free to a monetized thing for us just seems like such a large thing that I'm just like, I'm, Right now, I'm like, I'm not even going to look at anything until the kids are away, until they're back to school. I'm not even going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. I think yeah. that is a challenge, though. Sorry, David. Uh, I think that the challenge becomes because we get a lot of people like, oh, I want a Facebook group. A lot of big brands, they want a Facebook group. And I'm like, you know what? That, that's great, but you know, how are you going to use that Facebook group? Are you just going to put your yeah. products to the Facebook group, or are you going to build a community around what you're offering and and not sell at all? But the same way you're doing, Beth, is indirectly, you're going to get that ROI on your time invested, right? Yeah. That's kind of like, and that's the play. I think it takes a lo certain level of patience for a company or small business or whoever to create that page and, and wait for that business to come. Oh, huge. And I, a lot of them, I think what happens is they start them. And I mean, I've been part of lots of groups that have had this happen too, where they start a group. It's very, it works well. Like it's got their content is good, but they're like, I only have 20 people mm. or I only have 30 people. And like, how do I get the thousands of them? And I'm like, it's time. Like it takes a while. It, it yeah. takes, especially if you're dealing with like a more specific topic or, um, a smaller niche. I mean, it takes a while to find those people. And at the end of the day, I mean, you're, you need to view it in the sense that, especially if you're monetizing it for the purpose of like your business and you're trying to build the community around what you sell, a big part of that has to be like, I would rather have 30, 40 people that are super, super involved and super active and paying attention and buying what I'm selling than have 4,000 people that are just there. Like, the the idea of like the vanity metrics around these groups where they're like oh well my group only has 20 people and they feel bad well if you have 20 people that are really excited to be there then serve those 20 people really well and your group will grow because yeah. if those people are really well served and the content is good and what they're consuming is good then they end up going and naturally and organically inviting their friends and they'll say oh you know what this she's got a great promotion i've been in, in this group for you know a month and i love it and they'll they'll actually like refer you and it just goes. So then it grows naturally and you're not stuck there going, join my group, join my group, join my group. Because I mean, at some point you just, how many groups have you unjoined for that reason, right? Like I've jumped out of countless ones because they're like, add your friends. Well, I'm not gonna add my friends to something that I don't trust or that I don't like get value from. Like I'm not, that just, nobody's gonna do that. <laughs> And now a word from our sponsors. Before I merged my social media agency with a search engine optimization company, I did a search SEO companies in Canada. And of course, right there near the top was Casio. 
If you're looking for a quality SEO company that's going to help you get to the top of that search on Google, I would definitely recommend Casio. C-A-S-E-O dot C-A. Invest in the future of your business with Casio, one of the top Canadian SEO companies. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I was going to say is it's it's worth it to maybe take some time to really think about whether or not you want to monetize it because I think it's one of those decisions you can't really go back on because you may piss off a few people if you yeah. now decide to to monetize it, uh, which is fine. They they may leave, but new people will join, yeah. or the the people that stay will continue to get value out of it. But then you you then can't go back. Like oh, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to monetize it because it yeah. just gets confusing. So um, that's perfect. And and so the next the next thing I wanted to touch on because now that we've helped people maybe figure out how to to choose their topic and and how niche to get. Um, you know, what's the, the time commitment that someone needs to put into a Facebook group to really cultivate it and grow it to the point where you have? And I, I know it's probably hard to give an, a, an actual weekly or daily time on this, but if you could, I think that would bring some value. Uh, I mean, I'd love to. Uh, yeah. Realistically, we, so, I mean, we schedule between the admins, we schedule the posts. So mm-hmm. normally, I mean, what we were doing when we were really on, like really on the ball before, before March, Mm-hmm. Um, we all went and we'd have like, we'd each take a week where we'd be in charge of posting the content and then like moderating the thread for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that isn't crazy. Like if you schedule your social media anyways, it's not much more work. You write your content calendar for the month, not much more work, but at the end of the day, it's the, the actual engaging cause you have to actually have conversations. So like I, I mean, I run social media for other company, like for another company as well. But while I do that, I mean, I'm booking a solid two or three hours out of my day to just be on Facebook and Instagram. And it's, it's a lot of time. <laughs> like it's a lot of time to be in there, but the more you do it, the more like it becomes organic and just part of your day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it's definitely multiple hours a week. Um, I'm really lucky in the sense that I do have, three other women that help me um, with the adminning and the, that we do also have um, your like posts have to be approved before they get posted. So, I mean, at the worst case scenario, a post will sit there for, you know, four or five hours before an admin gets to see it and approve it, mm. but we're deleting 30 to 40 bad ones a day. So, I mean, to filter through those, it's like a once a day kind of thing where we're checked and we're like, all right, those yeah. are all spam that members are posting, you're deleting 30 to 40 a day that people- like- Yeah, just of the spam promos. There's no wow. content involved. Wow. It's literally just a photo of this is my ad or I shared it directly from my Facebook page. There's no like no no value. I mean, we'll share some if there's like, we've got some accountants and some legal aid and like stuff like that where they'll post a blog about like, okay, now these are your, you know, it kind of helps our business owners where it's like, this is a blog post. It is technically self-promotion because it's from their blog, but the content in it is valuable enough that it's worth sharing to the group. Right, that kind right. of stuff we do, we do allow. Cause I mean, I'm not going to say, Oh, you're an expert on this, but because it's for your business, you can't share it. That's, that's ridiculous. But we do kind of shut down the whole like, Oh, look, I have these things on sale that yeah. that's not going to fly. So those we're deleting about between like 20 to 40 a day. Wow. Um, depending on the day, Mondays are the worst because most groups have market yourself Monday. Yeah. And so instead of putting it in the thread, they all just post it in the thing. But 
I mean, that's a moderating thing. We do also, we're ruthless as far as like kicking people out. So, I mean, that saves a lot of time. Um, it, like the rules are there. When we delete a post, we send a warning. If I see the same post four or five times from the same person, it's just a, like, just, yeah. <laughs> just because I don't, I don't like, none of us have time to dive right. into that drama or dive into the, And like, I'll get people going, well, you deleted my post. I'm like, yeah, I didn't go with the rules. I'm sorry. Like, read them again. Try again. We'll tag people in the rule post and just say, hey, I noticed you po tried to post three things. Do me a favor. Read the rules. Try again. Yeah. Um, because at the end, of, like, it's just too much time. And I mean, you, there's four rules. And most of them are just don't post spam. Be polite. Like, they're really basic. Yeah. Like, don't be a jerk on Facebook. <laughs> I think that's so important to have all you got. And that, that was my next question. You just answered Beth was that, you know, best practices for when, when starting a group, because it sounds like just by putting these best practices in place yeah. that you're talking about here. And I hope people have their notepads out and they wrote it all down because this is going to save you a lot of time in the yes. long run naturally. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I run a couple Facebook groups as well, not on the level of yours, but um, you know, with a few hundred people, uh, like the Guelph Dads Facebook group, yeah. I, I, I admin that. But you still, even on that level, you still need to vet people accordingly when they go to request to join the group. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that vetting process and is there one in place and is it important for people to have that when they start a group? Yes, definitely have that in place before you start. Like when you're building it, think of the questions. It lets you ask questions when you join a group. So, I mean, we have the, where is your business located? Um, what's your business called? Cause I mean, we're going to want to check normally on Facebook, it'll say like member or like owner of, and then it'll show me their business name. So, I mean, we can kind of see it that way, but where they are in Ontario. And I mean, we'll get a lot of people going Toronto. Okay. Yes. And I'm like, you're not actually in Toronto. You're from another country. Like there's a lot of spam that comes in that way, but if you have the questions, you can catch it. So for us, it's a, where are you from? What is your business called? Um, and what is our rule on spam and promotion? And our rule is no spam or promotion, give more than you take, that kind of thing. And so for that, I mean, we'll get a lot of people that just say no spam. And I mean, if they can just say no spam, that's good enough for me. They're not going to spam the group. That's, did you read the rules? Like there's a few things like that. When they do join a group, we, um, we welcome them all, let them introduce themselves. Um, and then we kind of invite them to read the pinned rule post and just like it to show that they've actually read the rules yeah um because then we kind of we can kind of judge it by then right like i mean if they don't like the rules and then they just go and spam us then we're like okay you're not actually here to for the purpose of the group mm -hmm. and then that's when we boot them but you do have to have those things set up so the rule your, your rules are outlined as a pin post yes got it Got it. So okay. they're still in there in the description as well. But then what we did is we posted them. And I mean, I if we update them, we change the pinned post. Um, sometimes we do it just to get the people to see the rules again. <laughs> we'll just be like, hey, guys, the rules have been updated. And it's like we've changed one or two things. But we're like, please read them again. Um, I mean, especially with over 4,000 people, it gets really hard to get everyone mm. to read the same document. And to understand the document in the same way, it's really tricky. Um, but we do, we do a pretty good job. It's, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of like filtering. Um, the spam we have to, you have to be careful with if for any group, I mean, if you accidentally invite or allow one spammer in, 
they invite like 40 other spammers. And I mean, from all over the place, but probably the same person. It's, <laughs> yeah, you'll get, they'll invite a bunch of other accounts and then it takes forever to weed them out. Um, and, and it just, I mean, it kind of ruins your engagement too. If you've got a bunch of like robots in there that aren't really engaged, they're just there to spam people. It just, it's just no fun. So, I mean, we are pretty careful with the, the answering of the questions um, and we just kind of go from there. So, sorry, it was only a matter of time. <laughs> one minute. Yeah, yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. There's, I'm just gonna stop this and mute this for one second. Yeah, yeah. Me and David are gonna talk. We're gonna chit chat. <laughs> yeah. So, um, actually, one thing I do want to touch on because um, you know it's kind of relevant for us as well because you know when you have a group and you have people engaged within a certain niche or industry, um, and maybe you have this following that you want to pivot and you want to move to another area or another direction, or you want to go a different way with the group. Um, that's something I'm, I'm kind of interested in doing, right? Like, I mean, specifically speaking, you know, we have the digital marketing for travel group here right now, which is, which is here. Um, sorry, Beth, I'm just finishing a point here. I want to say about, we're talking about potentially pivoting a group. Um, if you're going one direction with your group, like maybe you guys have had this chat as well, where it's like, you know, things are going really well with this, but maybe we should explore this avenue. What would potentially be the best way to pivot a group if you were to pivot a group? So I think a big part of it is you definitely have to, I mean, ask, do a poll. I mean, we did, we've done so many of them. We've been like, okay, guys, what do you want to see? What do you want more of? Like, you might be really surprised by what your members actually want out of your group. So if you can do the, you know, here are three or four things that we're thinking of doing. What do you, what do you like? What do you want to see? It, it gives you that info to actually start to pivot it. And then you can add them gradually. You can start with the, okay, we're going to do, um, you know, a feature Friday, or we're going to start doing these things or, Hey, if you think you want to take a course, or if we have a smaller group of you guys wanting to do a course, is this something that you would like to do? So it kind of lets you gauge your members and see what they actually want. I mean, there's no point in offering something into your group that nobody wants. Mm -hmm. um, and most people are really excited to tell you what they want to see and to tell you how they want to benefit from your group. So if you can ask that directly and then, and I mean, make sure you put what you actually want to do in there, you kind of get to, to get a feel of the room to kind of see what they want. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a great point. And actually that was one I was going to say is, you know, I think you could almost start to introduce content uh, very subtly and get a, a, get a gauge or get an idea of how people are going to respond to it before you make the transition. Like for example, for your group, I mean, it's small business owners of Southern Ontario. If you want to do expand to small business owners of Northern and Southern Ontario, you could invite somebody from a Northern uh, town or city, introduce them as someone being from Perry Sound in this example, but this is why they're going to provide a lot of value to this group. Yeah. get people's feedback like okay cool are they are, are they going to be accepting of this northerner if they yeah. are then now you know you can expand to the north that's just an idea um, well and it's funny like with us like when we started we started as southern ontario well i mean originally we were just burlington and then it was okay then it's the horseshoe and then we just kind of kept growing and growing but originally we were doing networking events so we were actually doing in-person events um we did maybe 15 of them um, and most of them were in, you know, Oakville, Mississauga, Burlington, Hamilton, that kind of area. 
Um, and then we all just kind of got too busy to actually do in person, like to run in person networking events. Um, and me just wanting to do everything for free. I was like, I was just burning out because I'm like, there's only so many times I can run a free networking event with 50 people and still have like my brain going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we kind of drifted away from that. But we do have me- like we do have members from northern Ontario as well who were like in originally, like before we switched it to being just southern Ontario. And we actually had some going, can I still be a part of this group? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, like you're you're still, you know what I mean? They're still there. There's quite a few of them that are kind of going. It will eventually just end up being Ontario in general. Yeah. Um, I we did look at doing it can, like Canadian wide, but there's so many laws and rules provincially that change how businesses run. So um, I mean, for that purpose, I, I would always probably want to keep it Ontario based just because it makes it easier to say, like, how do I you know, how do I file all of my, all of my stuff? Yeah. Provincial? Like it's, it's just more focused without saying, well, where are you? Yeah. I don't really ever want somebody to ha- ask an accounting question or anything like that. And us have to go, well, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of irrelevant content at that point, And that's when you might start to get engagement dipping. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's great. So, I mean, on the point of that, I mean, engagement, We've now discussed picking a topic, monetizing, the time commitment, uh, and a few other things. And I think the, 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 the last point is now creating the content and how to get that engagement on that content. So do you have any ideas that you can share uh, for people on how to, to get engagement and get people opening up and sharing their stories uh, on content? So a big part of it is definitely just like, I mean, ask all the questions. People love, well, I mean, especially business owners, they love telling you about how they got there because most of us have worked really damn hard to get where we are. So we want to talk about that. So, I mean, asking questions on what they're, they're already in the group because they're passionate about whatever the topic is that you're, you're hosting. So, I mean, you can ask them anything really that gets them to actually explain something personal about their own life. You'll find there's a lot of other people that are in the same boat. So now when we post something about, okay, well, how are you, you know, how are you doing your marketing? And like, what are you stuck on? We'll get five or six people going, holy crap, I'm stuck on the same thing. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is where I am. So you kind of build that community of like shared, shared confusion at the beginning and then like shared resources. And it's the shared resources that I find are, are super valuable. If you can say, okay, well, there's, you know, four or five of us and we're all, we all need to brainstorm. I mean, we've had small drop-ins where we've, I've just said, okay, we're a bunch of us are going to sit at a coffee shop. And if you have something you're stuck on, bring it by and the three or four of us will sit down and figure it out. Mm -hmm. So if you can kind of build that, I mean, now you can do that online. There's Facebook groups, there's all the, or not groups, there's the Facebook rooms. So you can do a small topic conversation. You can say, okay, well, if there's a group of four or five of you that have the same problem, Mm -hmm. let's set up room and we'll sit and have a talk we'll figure it out yeah so you can ask like the big thing for engagement for us is it's just asking questions we ask a different question every day and some of them are hits and some of them we just get crickets but i mean you then use that as your as your baseline you know okay well nobody wants to talk about this so we're just not gonna bring it up for another few weeks um and then the other really big thing is making sure it's a safe place and your group is a safe place for people to say holy crap, I have a problem. So 
one of the things that like we have a zero tolerance on like people being jerks. It's just not a thing. I mean, it's uh we're very, very quick to say that was not supportive. Um, cause I mean, everybody runs their business differently and everybody does everything differently. So you can't say I'm going to offer this, um, this package or this, whatever. Um, what do you guys think? And then somebody will be like, well, that's stupid. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like that's not productive at all. We're okay to criticism as far as, as long as it's productive. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're pointing out, you know, well, this doesn't work because of this, this, and this, or your client's going to have an issue, um, with following up on this, what, whatever that is, mm-hmm. as long as it's constructive, mm-hmm. we're fine with it. But because of that, we haven't had, I mean, we haven't had any things where people are like, oh, this group is really dying. And I mean, I'm a part of some of them that people have been like, what the hell is happening to this group? Where are the moderators? Yeah. Because people are getting catty and they're, you know, they're tearing apart somebody's business. They'll be like, oh, I'm a, I'm going to whatever, like I'm going to sell shampoo and people will be like, oh, well, that's you're not a real business owner because you're just selling somebody else's product. I mean, like white labeling things is a business. (laughs) You know what I mean? So and also the other side of that is who are you to tell somebody that what they're doing as a business is not a legitimate business, right? If they're paying taxes and they are working and making their schedule and they are working to make their income. I mean, then they have a business, they have a business license, they have a business. So for us, it's just, you cut that out. And then once it's a safe place, you have, people are really quick to open up again because they're like, oh, well I can actually voice my problems here and somebody's going to help me. And they're not going to tell me that my idea is stupid and they'll just actually give me like constructive feedback. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think everything we've discussed today is super important, but the the content side of things and the engagement side of things is the, I think the part that when it comes to social media as a whole, people really get caught up on, they overthink yeah. it and and they really don't have to and and I think you you said it best. You really just need to to ask questions when it comes to a group, ask questions that you think your members are going to want to know the answers to and going to want to engage with and um and then ultimately creating a safe place for people to do so. so so that that's great. Um, Jay, at this point, do you have anything you want to, to ask before we wrap things up? Yeah, I got, I got two last questions for you, Beth. One, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you and potentially join this group if they're in Southern Ontario and they're a business owner? And two, what is that picture behind you? <laughs> okay, so that is, I mean, I'll answer that quickly. That is a picture of Georgian Bay in Tobamori. Um, nice. That was then um, edited out. It's actually from my first weekend away with my boyfriend. He took the picture. And then the frame, it, my dad made the frame for my Very mom. Cool. I love Tobermory. Great spot. I was it's there uh, three weeks ago. Beautiful spot. Yeah. Awesome. Georgia, um, great. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely spot. But there, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So the, the group you can join, it's just Facebook slash um, Southern Ontario Small Biz. Uh, we do also have, um, I mean, there's a hashtag they use on Instagram too. It's South Ontario Small Biz. It's all the same. Um, my handle is just Beth M. Merchant on everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the, the group is is great because, I mean, we're, we're constantly growing, um, which is, I mean, huge because then you're getting new opinions from all these new people, uh, which I don't think 
groups give enough credit to. It's like the new the new blood in a group is is the best because I mean they're coming in with new things that nobody's talked about yet. Mm-hmm. And we'll get members who are like, "Well, have you have you guys talked about this yet?" And I'm like, "What? No, we haven't. How did we like we completely forgot that topic?" Um so that I mean it's it's we're always happy to have new people. We're always I mean, I don't do the whole like invite your friends very often, but I mean, that is a thing. We'll occasionally get a few ones and I'm like, if you have friends that are business owners and that you you want to invite to a group where you know I'm not going to try and sell them anything, bring them on in because I'm not going to try and sell them anything. Um, but yeah, it's so the biggest way to find us is just go on Facebook, type in Southern Ontario small businesses and we're the first ones that pop up. Awesome. Thank you, Beth. That's uh, that's amazing. And for everyone listening, absolutely check out the Facebook group. Jason and I are in that group. You'll find us there. You can reach out, out to us there. And of course, don't forget to reach out to Beth directly. If anything she said today, which it should intrigue you, um, Beth, we want to thank you for coming on. We ask, we ask everyone one question at the end of this episode or at the end of our podcast. And that is, if you could choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Jeez, that's a like I don't even I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> I mean, like I you say that and like my head jumps to like all my college professors, which is really weird. Um, <laughs> that is we have not got that one before. Yeah, I mean, I when I was building my business, I mean, I had I I still take my placement students from Sheridan. I mean, I take two every semester. And it's because the education I got and the teachers that I had kind of instilled all those same things that I do in my business. I, the attention to detail, the, like the quality that's taught by women who were doing it, you know, better than me 20 years ago. And they're, so, I mean, that level, I'd probably just say my Sheridan college professors, (laughs) which is awesome. Yeah, that 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 just shows the kids out there. Listen to your teachers, and uh, yeah. uh, you'll you'll go you'll go a long way. Go to school, go to class. All yeah. right, perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Beth. We appreciate it again. No problem. Thanks, Beth. Awesome. Well, how about that, eh? Yeah. Um, that was a very tactical episode. That was super tactical. You know, if you're looking yeah. to start a Facebook group, you have to listen to that episode, probably play it back again, because um, she has a, a plethora of experience in creating a Facebook group, growing a Facebook group, but most importantly, moderating that Facebook group, which is crazy important because, um, you know, I've seen it fail. I've seen groups with tens of thousands of people um, close down because the moderators just couldn't handle the cattiness that was happening, the the feedback, the negativity, it became almost a full-time job just to moderate that group. But if you set that group up in the initial phases and know exactly the type of person that's perfect for that group, don't be focused on volume of people, but be focused on quality of people, then you can set yourself up for not only a great group, but less maintenance involved in that group. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. You know, I think it's one of those things people don't really realize what they're getting themselves into when they create that group. I think it's going to be simple: create some content, invite some people. But man, it can get out of hand real quick. Um, and uh, yeah, you really got to put a lot into moderating it and, and cultivating it, which you've done a great job with in the Guelph Dads group as well. I must say, uh, when it comes to groups, I'm very much just the the guy that kind of sits back and and takes in the content, but doesn't really engage. But uh, yeah, 
that hey, that, that, and that's only a group of 500. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're talking, that's a, it's a difference 500 to 5,000 in terms of the maintenance involved in it. But, um, you know, you really do need to be patient. And there, But there are opportunities to monetize it as long as you don't try to monetize it right off the bat by pushing promotional posts. You know, there are other ways you can do it. Like in Beth's case, in Beth's case she positioned herself as that go-to graphic designer within the group. So if anybody had a question in the group about graphic design work, She's right there to give an answer, right? So, um, so that's kind of the benefit. And I mean, it, it can, it's all different depending on what type of business you're in. If you're a travel agent, maybe you want to create a group around uh, some of the best go-to destinations in the world or travel experiences, a Facebook group where people can just talk about travel experiences throughout the world. And these could be potential clients for you. But all you do as the admin for that group is just facilitate the conversation. Absolutely. Right? And. Um, and it's funny you say that knowing knowing you for as long as I have, I'm actually shocked you haven't found a way to monetize that Guelph Dads group yet. Like it's shocking. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I've tried, I've tried, and, and um, I'll tell you a tale how I tried to, but it's not directly on Facebook. You're not gonna sell yeah. people directly on Facebook. But what I did do is I have a uh, a 12 bars of Christmas event mm. that I that I push through that. Guelph Dad's Facebook group. So what it is at Christmas time, we go to 12 bars throughout Guelph and we go on a bit of a pub crawl. So we get a, a handful of people from the group that come in this pub crawl going from bar to bar. Now, I'm not monetizing anything just yet, but after this pub crawl, you better guarantee it, I'm calling these bar owners and asking them what they're doing with their digital marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I, already all- brought a, I already brought two dozen people to their bar. That was my icebreaker. And now I can talk a little bit about business. Right? It, it, it's worked well and, and it's it's also uh, it's also a great way for you to feel young again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. So um, cool. Well, that was great. You ever been to Tobamori? Never, but hey, you know what? I uh, I grew up on the shores of Georgian Bay and your in your mind picking worms and, and fishing for bass. So uh, I, I got my fair share of exposure to Georgian Bay, but never been to Tobamori. Awesome. Well, you got to check it out. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast this week. Um, We hope to hear you or we hope to have you listen next week. But rate, subscribe, and definitely give us a great review. That would be awesome. Share this with your friends and, uh, and you'll be hearing from us again next week. See you soon.